Welcome to the New Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you are encouraged by this message by Pastor Tom Sturgis. This morning we resume a, a study on manna. I've got two or three different titles for it. One is what is it? Another one is hashtag got manna. I got the t-shirt, baby. Uh, other one is the manna factor. So if you're here for the first time and you haven't been around for these several weeks, you may wonder, uh, what on earth is this manna stuff? Well, let me give you a, a quick oversight. In Exodus chapter 16, verse 4, that's the uh, second book in the Bible. And for those of you that are new, that whole book covers about one year to 18 months in the lives of the Israelites. The Israelites were God's chosen covenant people of the Old Testament, and they have just been liberated. A whole nation of them, uh, a million and a half people, have been liberated from 400 years of captivity and enslavement, and God says, go that way. I'm sending you to a land of promise, and, and he makes statements in sort of the pastoral or shepherding sense of the language in the farming or agrarian sense. He says, a land flowing with milk and honey. He says, I'm moving you into a land that's fully functional from the day that you arrive. It's a land of promise. Go there. I'm taking you there. So they set out. Now, they would end up wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, and they're not many weeks into the journey before they realize the wilderness cannot produce the food to sustain a million and a half people, They grumble, God responds, Exodus 16, verse 4. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out day after, excuse me, and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them to see whether or not they will obey my instruction. The second half of that is just a wonderful other study. But Moses reflects on it, and he said, uh, Bread from heaven. I love that. Everybody say, from heaven. Now, what we talked about and been talking about is you can't read right by that and miss it because he said, I'm going to rain something from an invisible realm. It's not going to be made from anything you know. Let's look real quick at Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3 says, He humbled you and would not let you be hungry and led you with manna, there's that word, which you did not know nor your fathers know, And here, I love this phrase, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. I inserted word by everything that proceeds proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. But you're going to see in a little bit where Jesus fills in the blank and makes that clear. But let's tie this together. This is visible manna was daily provision for 40 years that satisfied their hunger and sustained them. Stay with me. And it was made from an invisible realm. It wasn't made from anything they could see. The word literally means right here on my shirt. What is it? What is it? And they never gave it a different name for 40 years because it wasn't like anything. Jesus said, it's nothing that your fathers knew. Excuse me, God said, it's nothing that your fathers knew. It's nothing that you knew. And it says, by the word of the Lord. So I want you to envision this in the same way that at creation, God spoke and the Holy Spirit gave expression when he said, let there be light. It appears that what's happening here is God saying, let there be manna. 
we are aware that if we are followers of Christ and believe the narrative of Scripture, that this invisible, intelligent being made everything we see from nothing. He made matter. He made the matter that makes the substance of the things right down to a a molecular, atomic, or quantum, or particle level, uh, that this incredible alien being just spoke and by the... So again, if you're going to read the opening chapters of the book and buy in, then you've got to look at this, and and it's essentially he's saying, in the same way I spoke out of nothing and made something, by the word of my mouth, I'm going to make it. Not from anything you see. Fresh every day, my word is going to speak just like I spoke at creation, and I'm going to create something to satisfy your hunger. Now, the language from the heavens is very clear, but I want to fill in the blank. See, Jesus came... uh, Uh, bringing and announcing the arrival or the pressing in of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. And he said, this invisible realm is now pressing in and becoming a visible reality among you. Jesus went into the wilderness, and when he was tempted in the wilderness, Romans 5 says that Jesus was the second Adam. And so he essentially walked through a very similar temptation with the same entity, the serpent, the devil of old, Scripture says. And he came to him, and in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, he says, turn these stones into bread, and then Jesus responds with this. He says that man shall not live uh, by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's amazingly familiar language, and in your Bibles, when you see it in all uppercase letters like that, most translations, they're quoting another passage of Scripture. Jesus is quoting Deuteronomy 8.3. He says, I'm going to be sustained by the word of God, by that invisible forth. I'm not going to simply say, if I don't have what the world can provide me, I can't live. Beloved, that is a fundamental aspect of our faith. What is it? What is it? How is it? It's the what is it quality and what is it factor. John chapter 6. In John chapter 6, And as we, out at verse 31, just the day before, Jesus has fed the multitude, and he literally multiplied uh, uh, something not much more substantial than a McDonald's Happy Meal from a small child, and he multiplied it to feed 15,000, and there was baskets left over after the fact, okay? The next day they came and said, we want more of that bread. Jesus says this, our fathers ate of the manna, In the wilderness, as it is written, he gave them bread, here it comes, out of an invisible dimension. Out of his invisible dimension, he created daily something from the invisible dimension that was right in their path that would daily satisfy the hunger they would experience in this world. Now watch that because that is the background narrative. Jesus said to them, truly I say to you, it is not Moses who has given you bread, here it comes, out of heaven but it is my Father who gives you the true bread out of heaven. Fair question will be, what is it? Who is it? Verse 33, for the bread of heaven is, uh, excuse me, the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. Then he said, to, then they said to him, Lord, always give us this bread. Here it comes. Here's the one that messed him up. He said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. Jesus said, I am manna 2.0. 
I am manna 2.0. I am the manna that will do for you what that manna couldn't do. It disappeared daily and they were hungry the next day. But I'm telling you, I will be that manna to your very soul, which will satisfy the hungers in you that this world brings. We all hunger for love. We all hunger for some sense of joy or happiness. We all hunger for peace. We all hunger for some way to control the craziness of our life. We hunger for those things. Jesus said, I am the only one that can satisfy the hunger of your soul. And in the same fashion, I believe as that presents itself, we look and say, what is it? Oh my goodness, what is it? Now, verse 63, same chapter, just about 25 verses later, okay? Watch how he builds the bridge that relates to you and me and actually the wonderfully perfect little sermonette that Brenda preached just a few moments ago. Watch. It is the Spirit who gives life. Remember, he said, I am the bread out of heaven who brings you the, the, that life that, the, the, that will satisfy the hunger. And then he sort of morphs it. He said, it is the Spirit who gives life. Now, why would he say that? Because about nine chapters later, he would say, I'm going to the Father. When I go to the Father, he's going to send the Spirit. And there's some language, I think, in the 14th or 15th chapter that says, I'm sending another one just like me. But he wasn't one who would be in the flesh. He would be in the Spirit. He wouldn't live around us. He would live in every person, in every person. And he said, watch what happens here. It is the Spirit. So he's saying... The spirit that lives in you, the day you said yes to Jesus Christ and he came and he inhabited or made residence in your soul, it's the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you, watch the words. Man lives not by bread, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. May I offer to you a, 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 a little more, uh, perhaps a succinct reduction of that. The Word of God, that Bible you read, it's not just there to be cerebrally digested and parsed. The very passage of Scripture that Brenda, brought, uh, uh, that Brenda was speaking about in 2 Corinthians 3, it says that it's the job of the Holy Spirit to essentially fulfill what the prophets said. I've come to write the Word of God on your heart. What word? That word from the mouth of God. And when he writes that word from the mouth of God, it says that word from the mouth of God is that which sustains us, not the satisfied hungers. We try to satisfy every hunger in this world by everything, but Jesus said, I am manna 2.0. I have come to satisfy every hunger that this world will present to you. Now, let me tell you how I'm going to do it. The Spirit is going to take up residence in you day after day after day after day. And the Spirit is going to be there to satisfy and move in you and fill those points of hunger if you will turn to Him and do what? Trust the Word of the Lord. Why? Forgive me for driving it home and sounding elementary because we don't live by satisfying every hunger we have the way the world says we're going to satisfy it. We live by saying, God, I will, that hunger will only be satisfied when your opinion is final in my life. And I come to that Word. I embrace that Word. And beloved, I am not talking about coming some hyper-religious, legalist person that has a bumper sticker for all 27 of your favorite verses on your car. I'm not talking about that. 
I'm not even talking about great if you take your Bible and you lay it on your desk or your place of work. That's good. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about we get into it and it gets off the pages and written on our heart. That's what I'm talking about. That it really begins to satisfy the hunger where we get up every day and say, what is it? Now, here I had fun this week. Let me make sure if I've covered this. Only Jesus can satisfy the hunger. The Holy Spirit working in us accomplishes that. The work of the Holy Spirit, I love that, becomes manna. Now, I'm going to leap across in a moment where we're going to sort of wrap things up here a lot more quickly than is typical of me. You don't have to say amen or start shouting for joy. But this week I had fun because I'm now going to get a different T-shirt, probably for next week, and I'm going to take off what is it, and I'm just going to put what? Okay? Because... That's how we feel. I'll come to that in a minute. But let me tell you where this idea came from. Uh, Amanda, roll that video. I was sitting watching it with Brenda, and I just died laughing. Here it goes. Hey, who are you? Oh, hey, Jeff, I'm a car thief. What? I'm here to steal your car because, well, that's my job. What? 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 It happens. And you got cut rate car insurance, paid for this, could feel like getting robbed twice. I get all scared. And you better protect it from mayhem. Like me. I just love those commercials. That guy playing the part of mayhem. Don't you love that? How many know there are what's that find us like that? We get up and we see things in our life and, and they appear out of nowhere likewise and we say, what? Here, see, here's the good news. Because every one of those crisis what's like that, they create the hunger. Now, it's funny that Jesus would say, or or, uh, not funny, but amazing that Jesus would say, the Holy Spirit in you will essentially be that effectual working of manna. What? What is it? What's in you? Now, it's amazing then in in Galatians chapter 5, there's a food source of the Spirit listed that we can eat that will satisfy our hunger. It's called fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. David, you should be appearing back there in the back. There you are, okay? I asked for some extemporaneous short notice help on this, okay? Now, the fruit of the Spirit listed in Galatians chapter five, there's nine of them. It says there's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I don't believe Paul ever intended a complete list or exhaustive list. I believe there are more fruit of the Spirit than that. But if we can focus on these nine, boy, how many know these cover the major hunger points of our life? So let's look at this. We live a life where we have hurt and pain from the past, And we don't feel as though that hunger for love can ever be satisfied. It's suddenly that, you know, that God, will this nagging hunger ever go away? You know, I don't even know that I can effectively love people 
And all of a sudden, we begin to focus on that. Instead of trying to satisfy our hunger out there, we turn to God and say, Lord, I don't even understand what the, how this works because it is a what is it factor. But I pray that somehow, Holy Spirit, you would well up within me. And here's what happened. We get up tomorrow morning and we walk out into our life and we feel that that capacity of love is a nagging hunger. And somehow, for some reason, you wake up tomorrow morning and that point of hunger just seems to not be nagging like it was. And we say, what? And that was my help. That should have been, was he, did you see him there just then? He's the obnoxious face in the camera. Say it again. What? Okay. So we're going to make our own commercial this morning. Let's get a roll going here. Love. You're sitting here today and you're tomorrow and the darkness Dan, you know that after I said the first fruit of the Spirit, you come out and help me? That was it right there, okay? Okay. We wake up in the morning, and our tomorrow just seems absolutely dark, and there's no sense of hope. There's no, none of that there. And tomorrow morning, for some reason, because you sat here today and say, Father, you know, I never just thought to say, Lord, could you somehow satisfy that hunger of my soul and tomorrow morning I get up and I wake up and like the children of Israel, I just begin to walk into my life and somehow there's joy in my path. Somehow that nagging hunger seems to be fulfilled and we say, what? Now you're gonna join in before this is over. Our minds are torn in half about situations. Dan, oh Dan, please come out wherever you are. Okay, the... There's an important song I want to sing here in just a minute. Listen to me. Our minds are meramnao, anxious, according to Philippians 4, torn absolutely in half. And there is a nagging hunger of the soul that just seems to not go away. But today you walked in here and you said, Lord, Pastor Brenda just talked about Holy Spirit, listen to me. Pay attention. We're going to be done here in just one second. Please inscribe this word on my heart. Please write the word of the Lord. Holy Spirit, may you be the fruit of my soul that somehow does this. And we wake up tomorrow morning and we walk out into our life and somehow laying in our path is that manna, is that sense of peace that was there. And all of a sudden we say, what? I have more obnoxious help. Isn't that great? The word for patience is one that's perseverance. Lord, I can't take another step. It doesn't seem as though I can go any further. And ironically, in, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, it said, not only will I give you manna every day, but verse 4 says, I'm going to give you where your clothes won't wear out and your feet won't swell. Can I possibly take one more step I feel like I've been walking 40 years in the wilderness. I do not have the perseverance or the patience to sustain this. Lord, I am absolutely depleted, starving in my soul, and we get up tomorrow morning and we wake up and somehow, somewhere, there is this source of satisfying hunger welling up in me and we say, What? You're going to join in. Some of y'all are going to begin to catch on here in a second. We feel as though we've exhausted every ounce of kindness we could hope to give away. Lord, I'm over this marriage. He's a jerk. She's a jerk. Whatever it may be. 
I am not, I don't have a drop to give. I'm starving. I'm, I'm finished. And we wake up tomorrow morning and the spirit of God at work provides a fruit of kindness that satisfies a hunger of my soul. And we look at it and go, what? Yeah, you're going to get it. Lord, there's nothing good that I can see. I'm consumed with negativity. All I see is the glass half half empty. All I see is nothing for tomorrow. There's no goodness there. But today, because you came in worship, you said, "Let, let faith arise. You see, because the Bible says that now faith is the substance from another world of what I've hoped for. No matter what I see, Lord, I believe. There's nothing possibly good on my horizon for tomorrow, Lord. And yet today you come into the house of God to worship that Holy Spirit who has become manna to your soul, begins to work in you and provides a satisfying of the hunger that doesn't make sense. It shouldn't make sense. Nothing in the world around me has changed, but the spoken word of God from another dimension has taken on material expression in my soul and satisfied a hunger that should be killing me. And I get up tomorrow morning and I walk up expecting nothing good and I stand with eyes pointed to the horizon and I say yeah Lord I don't have anything for faithfulness to keep going let me go to the last one love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control listen to me I could pick many to go here but there's some of my precious brothers sitting here today. Are you going to go home today or tonight? And you're going to sit down in front of that computer and a hunger of your soul to satisfy that by going to that website and looking at those things that you think will satisfy that hunger. All of a sudden, it's going to well up inside you. So there's a new force. There's a new voice because today you asked for it and said, Father, there's a hunger in my soul that's been there so long, I quit even talking to you about it. It's gone so long that I just made room for it. I don't expect it to go away. I don't expect it to be satisfied. But today you're coming in there and say, Lord, I trust you, Jesus, to be manna 2.0. Holy Spirit, you are that bread of life from heaven. You are the water that can quench my thirst. Your word says in that very next chapter, I will be a fountain welling up within you, satisfying you, quenching that thirst. I will give you something to drink from a well that will never run dry. And tonight you sit down in front of that computer to do whatever you need to do. And that voice says you need to go there. And you close that thing down and walk away saying, no, that hunger can't be satisfied. Somehow it's begun to be satisfied from another place. And you look and say, Come on. That's it. For three weeks or two weeks, Pastor Steve was suffering with just incredible stomach pains. We were concerned. Loss of appetite. Losing weight. And last Sunday, we prayed for different people that need a what is it moment. Fred, we're not done praying for you for a long shot. And they just had not had an appetite. I offered... Brenda and I enjoy cooking, and I'm, you'll be 
surprised to know maybe I'm, I'm a really good cook and he likes a lot of stuff that I cook and I said bro what can I fix for you he said, I, he said Tom I don't have a taste for anything we prayed for him last Sunday and by the time we got to Encore a matter of fact right over surface suddenly the appetite returns what is that beloved that is something from another world that is just something God creates. See, it's not just fruit of the Spirit. There's things that go on where God says, I've come to heal you, and I will make that healing not out of anything you've seen. Matter of fact, my brother Pete Green, I don't know if he's watching this morning on his, on his iPhone or not, but he's in University of Tennessee Hospital, and he's going through another round of chemo. How many will just join me right here right now and just in oath and covenant and say, Father, our brother needs a what moment. He needs a what visitation. And Father, I have not pushed in on that enough. I haven't. Lord, I pray great prayers of comfort and accommodation, but you are still a what is it God that still puts things and does things in our life that absolutely leaves us without explanation. And we go, what? What on earth? And the answer is it's not on earth. It's out of heaven. In the name of Jesus, I pray that you give my brother a what experience. Hallelujah. Touch his body. Heal his body. May the doctors walk in and say, what? What? In the name of Jesus, Lord, may we be those people. You said the kingdom, that invisible kingdom, suffereth violence unto now, and violent men take it by force. It won't happen if we just stand still, placidly, and pacifistically as the gates of hell launch assaults against human souls, lives, voices, health, well-being, marriages, homes, and finance. But we step up and say, Father, Holy Spirit, we need manna 2.0 to show up in ways we didn't see coming by the word of God from an invisible realm. And we will shout, come on. What? In Jesus' name, stand to your feet right now. Come on. We're going to pray for our kids next week. Before they come in, I'm going to give about a little 10-minute overview of the next and last phase of this for right now. And then we're going to pray for our kids. Will it not be wonderful to anoint our kids? They won't hear the message, but we're going to pray, Father. They're going to go out into a world this year where every voice in the world says your hunger can only be satisfied by hanging with these people, wearing these clothes, having that phone, being with this group, hanging out with that or doing this act or not doing this act or being involved in whatever it is. And we pray that God's going to shut down that hunger and so satisfy and quench the hunger in the souls of our children that they will be an absolute anomaly. We, can we pray for that or not? Can we believe that they will be so marked by the Spirit of God that teachers will look at them and go, what? That their friends look at, oh, no, I don't think I'm going to go there. What? You see, the real victory isn't just when we shout what. We really haven't succeeded until we cause hell to shout what? You say, give me scripture for that. A light shined in darkness, and the darkness could not comprehend it. Same language used. When Jesus said, what I'm going to give you, your fathers couldn't comprehend, and you can't comprehend. That's what the word means. And he said, I'm going to work with that same force of incomprehensibility where not only will your mouth be filled with what, but hell itself is going to turn around and say, what? What just happened? Now, I want to ask you this because we're going to close in prayer here. Get a microphone. I need you to come pray, I think. Um, the, um, 
that difficult? Okay, good. Um, Steve, grab her a mic. Her knee's still bad. Uh, if you can help her up the steps, Jeremy, that'd be great. Thank you. I just want to ask this. It's nothing to have any shame for because I'm about to raise my hand. How many this week, this week, I'm going to be aggressive about this. We're going to be aggressive. How many this week need a what answer to something? You're not go ahead and raise your hand. Okay. She's going to pray. And we're going to pray right now. You want to keep that hand of oath and covenant? I don't know if she prays too long. Only do one hand at a time. If that one gets tired, trade out. Okay. Oath and covenant. But we're going to pray right now. As a matter of fact, well, there's a lot of us here with our hands up raised. Um, it says we're only two or three are gathered together. And I want us to do this. If you're here for the first time, please don't feel awkward if the person next to you just sort of reaches over and does that with their other hand because it says we're, it says laying hands or on any touch, uh, touching anything. So if they just reach over as a point of agreement, that's all it's about. It's very biblical. And now we're going to pray. Let's pray. Let faith arise. Oh, yeah. In spite of what I see. Lord, I believe. I believe. Help my Here's the key. I, I choose to trust you. No matter what I see, let faith arise. I ask you, Father, to pour out faith in every heart right Hallelujah. now in the name of Jesus. Open your mouths and pray with her and agree in prayer. I come bless on. your name and we worship you in this place. In and the we name of the pray, living God, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. Where the kingdom of God is pressing into this into this world. Lord, you said that the kingdom of God is here. It's within us. And we release it now by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, I pray it would re be released in every heart, in every mind, in every life, and that faith would arise. And no matter what the circumstance, Hallelujah. no matter what the situation, no matter if we can't see a way out, that Hallelujah. maybe our trust is in has been in something else. Maybe it's been in a person. Maybe it's been in the laws and the government. Maybe it's been in the uh, justice system, but today, God, we declare that our hope is in you. Our trust is in you. And in God, I put my trust. Lord, I pray your word today that we would not be ashamed, that the enemy will not triumph over the people of God, no matter what the circumstance, no matter the voices that are coming in and pressing against and causing the fear. We declare the word of the Lord over every Every circumstance that by your stripes we are healed in Jesus name hallelujah I thank you for that that you are the peace giver in the middle of the storm when the sea is raging God you can give us peace and we will declare with the prophets today what peace of God rule hallelujah. and reign in our heart hallelujah. I pray that every mind would not be divided right now with anxiety or wondering or trust but today God that there would be complete trust in you there is no longer a petition avail between the throne room of grace and the people of God you said we could boldly enter into the presence of God into the throne room of God and find grace and mercy in our time of need so we come in the name of Jesus, with boldness and declaration and faith today for every need for manna, manna, manna to be provided from another realm from your word today. And I believe for it. 
I believe you like I have never believed you before for your grace and your mercy and manna, the miraculous, the supernatural this day in Jesus' name. Now. Hallelujah. Wait, listen, listen. No, do that. Do that. That's an, an appraise of appropriation. Okay, see, Dina? Dina, I didn't stop anybody that time, okay? So, see, last week I said to her, I said, you know, when I go other places and preach, the other places, they just respond differently and engage. And I said, you know, I think, and she interrupted me with very strong Latin accent, if you ever talk to Dina, amazing prayer warrior. And so she's just talking to me, an uncharacteristic of her reserved personality. And I said, you know, she just blurted right in. She says, well, Pastor, I can tell you why. I said, why? She says, you don't let us. You always say stop (laughs) or wait or hold that. So I'm not going to say stop or wait or hold that, okay? I need you guys talking to me. Let me tell you, if I'd have been doing that what sermon someplace else, by the third one, half the congregation would be standing up saying, what? Now we're going to sing this song and we're going to modify it. Revelation 5 says they sing a new song. So we have new songs around here. This little thing says, I've seen you move. You move the mountain. I believe that you can do it again. We're going to say, what? You made a way when there was no way. I believe I'll see you do it again. What? (laughs) See, that's a dumb song. That's all right. You'll remember it. You'll remember it. You'll remember it, and you need to remember it because tomorrow morning when you wake up and you find manna from another world laying in your path that you didn't expect to see that satisfies and quenches the hunger of your soul, you're going to say, what? Sing it, man. I see the bell. You move the mountain. I believe. Here it comes. I see you do it again. When there was no way. I believe. I see you do it again. I see the You move the mountain. Thank you for joining us for the New Hope Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit newhopeonline.com.